ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Hayley Rasso and Mary Fowler and Kyra Cooney Cross, like to see them become a lot more visible and get their admirers and fans too was also really great to see. After this amazing year, we all know the Matildas now. It's even the word of the year for 2023. But what will it take to make the next Matilda? On this episode of Newcastle Cast, meet the rural community getting behind next generation of female football stars. It was a couple of weeks in where I started sort of thinking of them as my girls and um, getting really excited about the, the progress that we've been making, so... It's just something that I've always wanted to do. I mean, the atmosphere was incredible and everybody was just hanging off every pass. Um, you know, every time Sam Kerr got the ball, everybody would just kind of shift onto their toes a little bit. It's probably hard to choose one, but is there a moment that really sticks out for you from, from that experience from the World Cup? Is there one moment? Oh, for me, it must be Sam Kerr's goal against England. Like, just that strike from outside the box. What a strike! What a goal from Sam Kerr! She's raised the noise through the roof there! That was just something that nobody's ever going to forget. A, a bit of an iconic moment, I think, forever in, in Australian sports. Cometh the arrow, cometh the Sam. Unbelievable. The 2023 FIFA Women's World Cup captured the attention of the world. And Bindi Bryce was there in the crowd, reporting on all of the action. But it was more than just a cool gig. It was a dream come true for a mad football fan who took up the sport at just six years old. It's just such a skillful sport. I've spent so much time watching YouTube, just learning new skills and tricks and flicks to get around defenders. I love that aspect of it, but it's just so fast and furious. It's one of those sports where it doesn't really matter like how big you are or how small you are. And there's just always ways for people to get involved. And yeah, once you're on the field, once you cross the, the, the white line, it's just so exhilarating. And I guess it's that feeling when you score a goal in soccer. It's just the best feeling ever. The Women's World Cup was won for the history books. And in Australia, it was all thanks to one group of women. The Matildas used to get less than a thousand people back when I first started watching them. So, so to see them getting 80,000 fans in front of a you know packed stadium with the entire nation watching is just something that I never thought that I would see. They may not have secured the cup, but the Matildas have had a lasting impact on women's sport in Australia. And the hype has reached grassroots clubs, like the Musselbrook Eagles, a local soccer team just down the road from the ABC studios where Bindi is a reporter. Yeah, I came back from Sydney and saw the news that they're setting up a women's team. And it's been five years, Lorraine, since Musselbrook has had a women's soccer team representing the town. So surely you've got to say that's the Matilda's effect in Muzzy. Sorry, <laughs> yes, <laughs> 
It's a Wednesday night and down at a sports ground in Musselbrook, the Eagles women's squad are getting ready to train. It's a lot of fun up here. You may be able to hear the screams of enjoyment in the background. Douglas Thompson is the women's coach and tonight he's running drills. We've had of the 90-ish registered players, I believe, well over a third, a third over 30 odd are uh, female and some really good players in there too. It's been really cool. All right, how about we go game, game scenario? In northern New South Wales, just under 20,000 female players signed up to play for a club in 2023. That's a 20% increase on last year. In the Upper Hunter region, one in five football players is a woman, and that's expected to increase off the back of the World Cup. In Musselbrook, they're already seeing it. They're fielding their first women's team after years of not having the numbers. 2018 maybe, might have been the last one. Um, some of the women we've got here, it's been longer since they've played. Some of them haven't played for the club at all. Um, yeah, at least five or six years, I think, since we've had a women's team. There was, like, only two players on my team that were girls, including me. For 16-year-old Tegan Edwards, up until now, she's only ever played with the boys. Uh, it's a bit difficult with, like, not having as many girls to talk to. With all the boys, like, they don't really want to pass to us, so having more girls is a little bit better, I'd say. Have people that you can count on on the field that won't discriminate against you, I guess. Even though women's sport has come so far in the last few years and there's more interest in playing, it's still not easy for female athletes to get a fair go. Any female footballer will tell you the same thing, that sometimes you're at training and, you know, sometimes someone from the club comes up to you and says, oh, like, the men need this pitch, can you girls move out to the back paddock? And that's a pretty common experience. You know, women don't want to get shoved into a storeroom or have to change in a really grubby change room. There are these barriers for rural women who want a local team to socialise, to stay fit and maybe pull on the boots for the first time. But it's even harder if you want to go all the way to become the next Hayley Rasso or Sam Kerr. Well, I've been playing ever since I was five or six. 16 year old Sophie Marie Edwards is one of the really good players Douglas was talking about. She's come down to train with the new Musselbrook Eagles women's team to keep her fitness up. I, I love it. I love the girls and I love the community like around it. It's very welcoming and I just love it. But Sophie has big dreams. She wants to play at an elite level, but to pursue that, she's got to make the trek from Musselbrook to Warners Bay. It's like two hours in a car, three times a week maybe, and I get to socialise with my dad sometimes. But other than that, I normally just have fun while I'm there. I, I live in the moment, like everyone says. And for the moment, it's worth that, what, six hours in the car every week to go to Newcastle? Yep, I, I'd say it's worth it. When you're out here in the regions, you don't have that participation, you don't have that same level of coaching, you really are limited in what you can achieve with your training in a small town like Musselbrook. I think that's something that should definitely be looked at uh, going forward, um, you know, when we're talking about this Matildas effect and trying to get more elite players so that we can get the next generation coming through. Oh, it's run! I don't really know what I'm doing, but I'm just trying to get women to play. Uh, 
yeah, and if this is what I can do to give them a chance to play, then, you know, so be it. Douglas has been playing for the Musselbrook Eagles for 17 years, and now he's trying his hand at coaching the women's team for the 2024 season. That's also the club's centenary year. He's never done this before, but the Matildas kind of inspired him. Um, I went to a lot of those games. It was really cool, and I was on the committee, asked if we had any plans to do a women's team. The answer was yes, we just needed someone to get it running. There's a shift in the community. People can see these community teams are the door in to getting women a love of and a career in professional sport. And clubs are taking this more seriously and spending money to remove these barriers. They're upgrading change rooms, highlighting female achievements and investing in better gear and equipment. When the community gets behind these athletes, when the girls aren't pushed out to the back paddock, when instead they're on the main field, that's when success can grow. The more teams, the better, and it starts at grassroots, it starts at the juniors and working the way up. Um, so I'm hoping if some of the younger people around town can see that we have a women's team um, and see them coming up and playing and having a good time, that can inspire some of them to join up for the local, local competitions too. With the World Cup, especially being in Australia, there is a lot of light on the female game at the moment, uh, deservedly so. So now is a great time for players to be pushing forward on potentially the next step, moving from a local competition or just playing for their local team into possibly finding their way into a scouting situation. When you were looking around and seeing like the demographics of people sitting there watching and cheering on the Matildas, did you see many young people there, kids, and especially young girls in the crowd? Yeah, I, I think, I mean, they made up most of the crowd, really, just young kids out with their parents um, watching the Matildas. And it, it wasn't just young girls either. And that's something that I've always noticed from other games is that at Matildas matches, it's usually um, a lot of girls going. But there was definitely a lot of young boys that went along as well. You know, there was quite a lot of Matildas jerseys being worn by all genders, a lot of them with Sam Kerr on their backs. So that was really incredible to see. But I also saw quite... A lot of older people, you know, wearing some old school Socceroos jerseys. And that was really interesting to me because I think that there's always been this perception in women's football that it's not as entertaining to watch as men's football, that it's not as good and the women aren't as skillful. But I think that sort of represents the, the shift in attitudes and that even a lot of these old school football fans who would have grown up just watching men's football, like been hardly familiar with the Matildas, are now captivated by the game and coming along and buying tickets to see the Tillies. There's no denying the Matildas effect has changed the face of women's football in Australia. And the people who benefit from it the most are the next generation. I didn't get tickets, but it was it was just amazing to watch it on TV. And the impact it had on me, I think I would say it had the best impact on me. Did it make you want to train harder? Yes, it made me want to up my skill level and whatever, my fitness levels as well. I want to really play for my country because that's also my next big dream that I want to do. I want to make myself proud of myself, even though I've already done it, but I want to make myself even more happy. Like, I just want to put a smile on my face and my parents' faces. Newcastle Cast is produced on a Awabakal Country by Toby Hemmings and me, Larice Dixon. Our executive producers are Blythe Moore and Lucia Hill. And a special thanks to Bindi Bryce. Leave a review wherever you're listening to us. It helps other people find the show. We'll be back next week. 
Bye. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.